when we walked into the room and I saw the roses, I thought, okay, okay, now you got me. <laughs> if you are all about weddings, this is the podcast for you. My name is April Kelly, and this is Wedding Amazing. On this show, we share stories from couples about how they met, what the proposal was like, how they planned their wedding, and how it went. We will also talk with wedding professionals that have been to thousands of weddings, sharing their successes and challenges, and amazing advice to help you elevate your own wedding and fill you with so many ideas that you can take and make your own. What is it that will make your wedding special? How can you be helpful for someone else's wedding? Come here for funny stories and nightmares that people have lived through during their wedding plans. My name is April Kelly, and this is Wedding Amazing. Today we have Tara Tiford on the show, a bright, smart, and fun bride that planned a multi-day wedding event. Two weeks before her wedding, she fired her party planner, but you know what? Everything worked out amazing, and we're going to tell you the whole story today. Here we go. Hi, April. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So excited to chat with you today. So let's talk from the very beginning. I'd love to know how you and Joe met. Sure. Um, Joe was living in Richmond, Virginia, part-time as a traveling consultant. He lived in New York, but was traveling to Richmond. I had just moved to Richmond, Virginia from Florida. Even though I'm originally from Virginia, I moved back to Richmond uh, to take a new job. And on my very first evening out in my new city, I went to go uh, meet my new roommate. We had moved in together as strangers and we went to a restaurant slash bar across the street to get to know each other. And as we were sitting there, this man sort of sauntered over and sat himself down at our table. And uh, she sort of looked at him side eyed, like, what is he doing? And he started talking to us very boldly. And I thought he was really funny and smart and charming. And she had to leave to go to work and said, are you ready to go? And I said, no, I think I'll stay here a little while. So we ended up staying at that little uh, cafe table for a couple of hours, getting to know each other. And all those things were true. He was smart and funny and accomplished. And we had a really nice time talking. A unique and bold introduction for sure. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) So after that, you had a first date. And how long after that did you get married? When how did this proposal come about? Thank you. So uh, we dated for a while, a couple of probably about an a year and a half. And I ended up going to work for the company that he worked for. So we ended up working together. And during that time, I was applying to business schools. And I was accepted to a handful. And he really convinced me to go to the one that he already went to, which was New York University Stern School of Business in New York City. So I moved from Richmond at that point to New York. And we were working together and going to business school together and living together for a little bit while I got to know the city of New York. And it was, (laughs) thank you, it was getting to be fairly obvious that uh, we were going to get married. And we started doing some ring shopping. And we looked at around at a bunch of different places. And we had a big vacation to Switzerland planned in uh, December or January one year. And he, I think it was starting to look like this would be a proposal trip. But right before we left, he said, look, I'm really not sure what you want in a ring. We've looked at all these places, but I'm still confused. And I want to get something that you're going to be really happy with. 
So uh, don't put any pressure on Switzerland. I, I think we need to go shopping together after we get back. So we did that. Uh, we went shopping and we went to Tiffany in uh, in Manhattan and I picked out the ring that I wanted and we agreed on the, the one that I liked and, and the one that we could afford. And he bought the ring right then and there, which I thought was just really romantic. They took us back into the back office while they processed the paperwork and brought us Tiffany box-shaped petty fours and glasses of champagne uh, while we paid the bill, or he paid the bill, I guess. And then we left and went to a, um, the Waldorf Astoria and had more champagne and called my parents to let them know we had a ring. And to me, that was even more romantic than my proposal, which I imagine I'll tell you about next. But that was a very romantic experience uh, from my perspective. Yeah, that's actually very nice, the decision-making and doing that together. So how yeah. exciting. I mean, just to even be in Tiffany's yeah. picking out a ring. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> so go ahead. So how did the proposal go? So uh, one day, he's really bad at secret keeping, which is really kind of funny and, and I guess kind of great um, <laughs> if you're thinking about marrying a person. Um, but one day, he was just really busy running around with errands and such. And we were on our way to a friend. We went out to dinner and we were going to a friend's birthday party. And as we were leaving the apartment, he patted his his chest and his body and his jacket and said, look, we're heading out the door. I have nothing in my pocket. And I thought, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> So, so we left and we went to this nice dinner at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in uh, the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And we were considering, do we really want to go to our friend's birthday party? What do we want to do next? He said, well, let's go, just go grab a drink. I think there's a bar on another floor of this hotel. Let's go grab a drink and decide what we want to do. Okay. So we went to the next floor and there was no bar, but he took me into a hotel room where there was a virtual tree made up of roses. It must have been and eight dozen roses sitting on the table and there was a little box next to it and as soon as we got into the room he dropped down on one knee and asked me to marry him it was very very sweet oh wow when you walked in the room and you saw those roses did you know I I, I was so confused because even though I he had head faked me and I thought he's there's no way he's gonna surprise me he's so bad at this <laughs> um at that time, he really did get me at that point. I really had no idea that that was happening. Um, and when we walked into the room and I saw the roses, I thought, okay, okay, now you got me. <laughs> I love that he did that because he actually yeah. really didn't even need to propose after you bought right. the together, but he right. made it official with that. So how long after that did the wedding take place? And how did those plans come about? Because you had quite an elaborate wedding. Yeah, so we uh, the we, the wedding was about... 18 months after the proposal. And I was a consultant. Um, I am a planner, very type A sort of person, a project manager um, for many years now and was at the time. So of course, I swung into action as soon as um, as soon as the proposal, uh, <laughs> I had accepted the proposal and I started planning fairly quickly. And we decided on September. Uh, so I had but of course, the following September. So the proposal was in March. And we decided on September, and of course, I didn't have time to plan the wedding, as you mentioned, the elaborate wedding that I wanted um, yeah. in only five or six months. So we decided to make it the following September and started looking for venues. And I had always had this dream of getting married at the resort where I had worked as a teenager growing up. It was a beautiful resort in Williamsburg, Virginia. At the time, it was owned by Anheuser-Busch. It's no longer a Bush property. 
um, any longer, mm-hmm. but it's called Kings Mill Resort uh, and Spa in Williamsburg, Virginia. And I worked there as a waitress when I was in high school and college. And to me, it, it was just so fancy. And I thought, oh, how great would it be to be a grown up <laughs> and be able to afford to come to dinner here or have a wedding here because it's yeah. so beautiful. And we were looking at vet, scouting venues, visiting my family. We walked in there and they happened to have September 1st, the following year available. I signed the contract that day. So how did you decide on a several day event? How did that come about? Because you had a lot of family out of right, town. Right, exactly. So even though I grew up in that area, only my parents and my sister lived there at the time. The rest of our family, my extended family did not live in uh, Williamsburg. Uh, Joe's family lived all over the place as well, New York, New Jersey, Florida. So we figured it's going to be a destination for anyone who comes here. So let's make mm-hmm. it a destination feel and really enjoy it. Um, so we decided to have a golf event the Thursday night for anyone who was, we figured anyone who's going to come to the wedding is traveling. It's, uh, I think it was Labor Day weekend, actually. So we figured let's make it an event for everyone else too. If people are going to take the time and spend the money to travel and come to the wedding, let's make it a nice short vacation for them as well. So yeah, on a, on Thursday night, for anyone who happened to travel in that early, on Thursday night, we played golf, night golf, with glow-in-the-dark balls. That was lots of fun. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then on Friday, we had the rehearsal dinner, which was a barbecue at a pavilion with a real old-fashioned pig pick um, with candles and mason jars hanging from the trees and a bluegrass band that was very generously um, put together by my mother-in-law. And that was a really fun, felt like a down-home Virginia sort of event. Yeah. Um, In contrast to a more formal ballroom and cocktail event that we had planned the next day. So we wanted that to be really casual. It was outdoors, um, barbecue sort of party. And then the next day, of course, was the wedding, and it took place at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I wanted it early enough that it would still, we'd still have plenty of daylight, that we could get lots of gorgeous pictures of the resort and sunset. And uh, so we started it at 4 o'clock, and I also didn't want it to be too formal. It was at a resort, and it was in a ballroom, but I really wanted it to be casual resort cocktail attire, knee length dresses, fairly preppy. In fact, um, the bridesmaids dresses came from J. Crew just when they started um, doing their wedding collections. Oh, cool. So we had Kelly Green um, knee length bridesmaids dresses. It felt very um, preppy cocktail chic. Yeah. Um, So we started the wedding at four o'clock and because it took place in Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, which is known for its colonial heritage and history, um, we had a town crier be present for most of the wedding. So he rang the bell to get everyone to take their seats when the wedding was about to, uh, to start. Hear ye, hear ye, please take your seats, that sort of thing, which was really fun and cute, I think, for the environment. The wedding took place. It was officiated by my great uncle, in fact, my father's aunt's husband, Uncle Dick, who has married and buried, unfortunately, um, most of the people in my family, including my parents, who had gotten married 30 years earlier, the same month that I got oh, so married. So he married your parents yes. as well? Yes. Aw. That's nice. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, it's it's we're Yeah, that is very sweet. I love it when the officiant is somebody that the bride and groom know yes. because the ceremony always has that extra personal feeling. Yes. 
and depth. Yes. Yeah, so it, yeah. that was that was really special. My father was very sick in the end stages of cancer at my wedding, so it was also extra meaningful that he was there. He wasn't feeling well, but he was there, and he was able to walk me down the aisle. So that also Good. was an extra bit of meaning on the day. No, for sure. So we had a sure. uh, a nice outdoor ceremony overlooking the James River in uh, in back of the resort building, and then we had our pictures taken while the guests enjoyed a cocktail hour with a string quartet playing out on the deck overlooking the James River while we got our pictures taken. And then we joined the party for the reception. It was a seated dinner. We had choices of entrees, of course, that people could select when they RSVP'd. Uh, We had some pretty traditional food from the Williamsburg area as well. Peanut soup, if you're not from the South or not from Virginia. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Sounds that. weird, right? But it's actually yeah. pretty good. Uh, we had peanut soup and uh, Kings Mill is also pretty famous for its surf and turf. So we had uh, had crab cakes and filet mignon as one of the, one of the entrees, mm-hmm. probably the mo- most popular entree selection. We had a wedding cake, a traditional wedding cake, which was ivory, um, an ivory stacked cake, tiered cake with some gold lacing, but I really put a lot of effort into a surprise groom's cake. Oh, I love those. Which is also a very Southern tradition to have a groom's cake. And it was way better (laughs) than the, the wedding cake even. It was a stack of suitcases and, uh, Uh, really it had a travel theme. We had a travel theme um, for most of the wedding, especially because most people were traveling to the destination. But so the wedding cake was a stack of suitcases and hat boxes with a just married New York City taxi cab because that's where we lived at the time. (laughs) (laughs) And he's from New York, the New York area. And so we had a a cookie on top as the cake topper on top of that travel-themed wedding cake uh, that said just married on the back of it as the groom's cake. It was really adorable. Oh, I love that. These details are unbelievable. I mean, the cake, the crier, the string ensemble, the bluegrass <laughs> band. That's a lot of people to pull together for one wedding. How did you do that? How did you find these professionals yeah. and pull them in? How did you select them? Tell well, me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for saying so. Um, I really I really loved the wedding and the details, as you mentioned. And as much of a planner as I am, I could never have done it by myself. So I had a really great wedding planner who, uh, who worked very, very hard um, for many months to make this wedding the spectacular event that I think that it was. And she is in the Virginia Beach uh, Tidewater area of Virginia. As I understand, she still does wedding planning with her husband. And he was just starting the lighting company when we when I had my wedding. So I was one of the earliest customers. We had up lighting on the sides of the uh, the ballroom. So as you look through the photos, the walls are different colors uh, throughout the yeah, evening. I love them. Yeah, and they were mm-hmm. set to the music, which was fantastic. Oh, wow. um, so she was one of the earlier um, earlier vendors, I guess, that I booked because I knew I needed help. I lived in New York. I was working full time and I was in business school nights and weekends. So I knew there was no way um, living far away from the location that I'd be able to pull all of this off. So I had a fantastic wedding planner. So she picked all the professionals? No, she didn't. But she was was really instrumental in a lot of the the legwork. In fact, Mm -hmm. I do have a bit of a disaster story about her. Uh I ended up firing her about two weeks before the wedding. And my fiance Mm -hmm. at the time 
said, what did you do? You can't do that. So he and her husband patched it up for us. We rehired her and she was there on the day. What happened? <laughs> I have to hear the story. Okay. You gotta tell me. So she was running around the Tidewater area trying to find very specific flower containers. I wanted something that looked a little bit rustic and a little bit Roman, um, you know, these old painted vases sort of containers. And she was spending a lot of time doing that. And therefore there was something else that wasn't getting done. And, and we just started to have kind of a stressful conversation on the phone. Because of course we were doing this all over the phone after our initial meeting. And there was something that she said about some, something that it was taking too much time. And I started making suggestions and she said, you just don't know what it's like to plan weddings. I mean, I appreciate your suggestions, but you know, you don't really, you're not really a wedding planner. And I said, no, but I'm a project manager and I plan multi-million dollar technical projects. So I know a little thing or two about planning and the conversation just sort of devolved from there. And then mm, I heard yeah. her, I, I don't think I was particularly rude, but I said something that upset him. And apparently I had been on speakerphone and I didn't know it. So he jumped in mm. and jumped down my throat and said, I'm not going to listen to you speak to my wife that way. And I said, I had no idea that anybody was even listening. And the conversation just got worse. And I said, you know what? I don't think I need this two weeks before the wedding. I think we're all, we're already there. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. Let me know how much we owe you and I'll send you a check. And I hung up. And then I told, I told Joe and he wow. said, oh my God, you can't do that. <laughs> Are you crazy? Did you have a moment of panic? I, I knew that it was going to be difficult without a day of planner. And of course, spoiler alert, I, she ended up being there on the day to work through all the events of the day. But I thought everything, at, mm. almost everything at that point was kind of done. So I, again, I'm a project manager. I'm a planner. I always have backup plans. I just thought, oh, we can handle it. Yeah, this It's not ideal, but okay, we'll deal with it. Yeah, you could handle it. So important to add that. You know why I like that you added that to this whole podcast is because yeah. people need to hear that. It's not oh, all goodness. easy. There's a lot of emotions mm -hmm. that come into play, you know, and, and here mm -hmm. is an example, you know, she's trying to do something. You want her to do something. There's a communication mm -hmm. issue mm -hmm. and then it's all worked out. Right. It can be worked out. It's right. not always easy and you might not right. even want to work it out, but for the benefit of the wedding and the people involved, yeah. I'm glad that you did because I'm sure. Yeah, I am too. And you know, the, that meant that the actual day was a little bit tense with her. And I, of course, expressed my apologies mm, yeah. and said, you know, I have enjoyed working with you up until, you know, that incident. And I, I let my emotions get the better of me. And I tried really hard to patch it over. But, you know, sometimes you do irreparable damage with incidents like that. So it was a little tense. And, you know, we certainly weren't yeah. as close as we had been in, in the months leading up to it. Um, but at the end of the night, she was helping me with my train. And I said, look, I, I know that things are tough and we're not as good friends as we used to be, but I'd really, really love it if you'd come to the after party and just drink on me. You guys have worked so hard. You did a, an amazing job today. Come on in and, and just have a good time. Let loose a little. And she looked at her husband and her assistant. I think her assistant's name was Sarah at the time. And they said, 
all right. So they came in and they had beers at our after party and we all we all stayed Good. in touch. We're still friends on Facebook. Good. And that's really everything. I've been to 2,500 weddings and I've seen a lot oh of goodness. things. I've seen a lot of emotions come into play. Yeah. And one of the things with the professionals is no matter what, you have to keep smiling. No matter what, no matter how right. upset a client might make me, no matter how ridiculous the request have to keep smiling. That's my job. I'm really glad that she was right. there and ended up at that party, the after party, because it really was important yeah. that she did that. Kind yeah. of, it lightened the load, I'm sure, that she was there. Absolutely. So that was the one disaster story. We were talking about vendors. Yes. So now she picks the vendors or she, she tells you, I like it. these four vendors and you narrow it down. What happens? Not really. I'll, I'll say this, that from the very beginning, there were two things that well, three things that were hypercritical, in my opinion. I mm -hmm. wanted a beautiful location. I really wanted a nice outdoor setting with a, you know, a nice ballroom or even like an outdoor tent. I really wanted the setting to be just right. I got that. Number two, I really wanted the best photographer I could afford. So that was this probably the second thing that I went after. And I found the best photographer in that area. Okay, so location, photographer, and what was the next thing? Music. Music. Music is a big part of my life. I have been a singer my whole life, and music is just really important to me. And so I wanted the music to really um, encompass the feel that we were going for. Thus, the bluegrass band at the Pig Pick the night before. We had a great band. Um, out of North Carolina that was recommended to me by this photographer whom I loved. And he said, oh, if you're looking for a band for your wedding, you've got to go with these guys. They are the best. They were great. And they really lent a party atmosphere to the reception. Yeah, that's everything. You know, having the right... So those are my big three things. Yep. And to me, food... Yeah, who cares? Invitations, people are going to throw them in, in the garbage. We ended up having nice ones of those. But if I had to choose. I was going with the location, the pictures, and the music to set the environment. I would say that is the most popular top three things that brides have to have. The right location, the right memory capturing, you know, photography right. and video, and the music. The music really makes everything. Of course, I'm partial to that, but it's going to elevate the atmosphere. It's going to give everybody a good time. If there's no music, people are just going to eat and talk, which is fine, but it just elevates everything. It gives that celebration party atmosphere and having a great band is everything. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Really kill it. So I knew that the wedding would be over in a day, but that the photos would last a lifetime. And because we put up pictures of our own grandparents' weddings, I knew that my children and grandchildren would be looking at these photos for generations. That's so I right. wanted to make sure we had really great pictures of the day. And I found David Schwartz. I think his website is davidschwartzphotography.com. And his black and white images were just so full of life and just captured exactly what I was hoping my wedding would look like when mm -hmm. I went back to look at it years after it was over. Yeah. So I met with him and his prices were more expensive than I thought I would need to pay, but it was so important to me that I thought, again, all right, we'll serve 
we'll serve grits at the wedding. I don't care. <laughs> I'll sacrifice some other part of the budget to get this photographer. And he happened to have our date available. And he recommended this amazing band for our reception. So he ended up being a really wonderful vendor and asset to the wedding. Yeah. And you really made the right decision with that because cutting corners to have the exact thing you want is one of the top pieces of advice that I give. Pick the top three things that you want that you have to have and have them and have them in its biggest form. Have exactly what you want. Pay for it. Have it. And then cut corners with your flowers, your your invitation and the things that are not important to you. If flowers are important, then have the most amazing flowers. If they're not important, cut corners on flowers and put that money towards the something that you really have to have. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Again, with my background as a project manager, I sort of understood those trade-offs and I was very willing to make them. And I I agree that probably a lot of brides, we make emotional decisions, right? And you kind of have to look down at the details and decide what's, what's really worth trading A for B. Yeah, exactly. And even with the decision making, I know that a lot of brides are afraid to speak up. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be a bridezilla. Mm -hmm. And then some brides, you know, maybe they lay back too much and maybe there's a detail that they should have paid attention to. Or sometimes brides pay too much attention and they don't give the air to the event to really just happen. Right. What is your take on that? I totally agree. Um, I, as I mentioned before, I'm kind of a type A driven person and I was very leery of being taken as a bridezilla, especially with um, some of the interactions that I've mentioned before with my wedding planner. So I tried to really take a light touch with most of the vendors wherever I could. Um, Mm -hmm. And in in some ways, that came back to bite me a little bit. I mentioned music is one of my favorite or most important elements of the wedding. And I took the recommendation. I don't remember who gave it to me, but I was recommended a, a string quartet local to Williamsburg. I listened to their CDs. It was beautiful. The price was right. Um, I, and I thought, great. I gave them the songs that I wanted played. And they knew them. In fact, you would love, is what I heard, you'll love our cellist's rendition of uh, of that song and I'll have to go back and remember what that song was and I didn't but I didn't go to a rehearsal I didn't request to hear it ahead of time and so the the song that I walked down the aisle to I had not heard until I was walking down the aisle and it was wrong (laughs) oh boy (laughs) so how did that happen again I don't know and after it was over, there was nothing to be done. So I never went back to do a postmortem and figure out how that happened. But something got lost in translation or communication. And I walked down the aisle to the wrong song because I was afraid to look at the minutia of every single detail. So I didn't. And yeah. that's what happened. And just for the listeners, the way to avoid that from ever happening is always provide the music professional with the exact version that you want. Because there's been songs like Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, Mm -hmm. for an example, has been re-recorded about 50 times. So when a bride says, I want Hallelujah, well, which Hallelujah do you want? (laughs) You know, there's 50 different versions. So instead of me deciding that for her, which would never be wise, because how do I know what she wants, is provide exactly what it is you're looking for. And then we play exactly that. So if you have a string ensemble, give them the exact song, learn 
this exact version of the song and there's no variable there should be no mistake whatsoever in a situation like that now even with my band i have a 10-piece band we're learning wedding song and parent dances and this comes up all the time because there's many versions of the song and we're learning the song so we want to learn the correct version so i always ask every bride and groom please provide me with the exact version and then we learn it exactly that way she knows exactly what it's going to sound like and that variable is completely gone I'm sorry that happened to you. That had to be a little disappointing. Yeah, it was a little disappointing, but lesson learned. Don't be afraid of what other people will think. Do what you need to do to get the outcome that you need. And, and of course, I don't advocate being a bridezilla. Of course, I didn't want to be rude, and I would never be rude, but I should have paid a little bit more attention to the details, especially the ones that I that were, as I mentioned, so important to me. Yeah, if the details are important to you, then definitely make sure that you have a good focus on them more than any yeah, other agreed. part of your wedding. There was one other thing that I probably probably gave up on a little too early instead of pushing, pushing to make sure I got exactly what I wanted, and that was my dress. My dress was beautiful. Mm. I loved it, and it, it was really comfortable, and I probably tried on 50 dresses wow. in different seats, in different shops. I went shopping in New York and I visited my um, in-laws-to-be in Texas and we shopped everywhere and I just, I could never find exactly what I wanted. So I ended up in a dress that I really liked. It felt good on my body. It looked nice on me, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Oh. And yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, this ties into what we were talking about before because, I probably didn't push a little harder to get exactly what I wanted because I was afraid of what a couple of people would think. Oh, she's trying to be right. She's going fancy. to another bridal shop. Yeah. And she's shopping exactly. again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And in the end, you know, it would be nice to look back and say, man, I loved that dress. It was the bomb. <laughs> but, you know, wh whatever. Yeah, the, sure. That was another area where I probably could have pushed a little, a little more to find exactly what I was looking for. But you know, I gave up in the end because I was, I found a dress that I liked. It looked very good on me. It was comfortable. I knew I'd be in it for eight or 10 hours. So, so that's what I ended up with. Ladies, do not settle. When it comes to your beauty on your wedding day, that is something you're going to want to look back and say, I looked amazing. I never looked better. And I looked absolutely beautiful on the wedding day. Don't settle. Look for your dress, find the exact dress. If it takes a little longer, don't worry about what anybody else says. Oh, you're looking at 500 dresses. Go for that 501, 502. Totally Go and do it because in the end, you'll be happy with yourself for doing that. You'll never look back and say, yeah, I'm really disappointed I looked more. You'll never say that, especially <laughs> when you find the right thing. You'll always be happy when you found exactly what you wanted. I totally agree. So what advice do you have for brides? You had a lot of elements here. You had a party planner. You had some drama. You had things go beautifully. You had a destination wedding. So many components here. What advice do you have for a bride that's going to try to take on a multi-day event like this? Yeah, it's a great question. I got a lot of unsolicited advice, as I'm sure a lot of other brides do too when you're planning your wedding. But a couple of pieces that stuck out to me, I kept hearing a theme. And so I thought, okay, this is something to really pay attention to was to be present and enjoy the wedding. Yes. Too many people who had been married before me said, you know, it happens so fast and you're running around from table to table to make sure that you're saying hi to everyone. And then the next thing you know, it's over and you don't even remember the party. 
So I thought, oh my goodness, to have spent all this money and all this time planning it, and then I don't even enjoy it, Uh uh-uh, that's not happening to me. So I made a really concerted effort to put as much planning into it as I could ahead of time, and then chill out and enjoy the party on the day. And I'm really glad that I did that because I did enjoy it. We had almost every single person on earth that we love in one room for one day, or even a couple of days, but, but you know, Mm -hmm. everybody was there for the wedding and the reception. And we got to really enjoy the party. We danced on the dance floor. Someone said to me, people will come up to you to say hi to the bride and the groom. Don't worry about going from table to table. Enjoy your own party. And we did. We had the best time. Yeah. Being in the moment is everything. I always say to my brides, Walk in the room and almost pause for a second and look around and take it in. That's all for you. That's everybody that loves you all in the same room just for this purpose to celebrate your love and taking a pause even an hour into the wedding, two hours into the wedding and just looking around and taking it in is so critical because exactly what you said, it goes by so fast before you know it. It's over and it's a memory. So really reveling in that moment is key. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's probably another reason that we decided to go for a multi-day event was don't yeah, let it a be a bunch of moments. Exactly. Don't let it be over in a couple of hours. You know, we wanted to enjoy the time with our friends and family over several days and a couple of different events. So that really probably helped if if you can, if it's possible you know, spend time with friends and family in different settings to really solidify that set of memories. That's probably another reason we did that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and absolutely. And with the several days that you had, there was so much bonding Mm -hmm. that took place. Absolutely. So after the last day on Sunday, you had a brunch and then everybody went home and did you go on a honeymoon? Um, So we left, I believe it was later that day, uh, we left and we went to Rome and Capri and then Athens and Germany. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was two weeks, uh, two oh weeks, goodness, so a, a couple of days in Rome and five days in the, on the Isle of Capri, and then two days in Athens and five days in Santorini. It was really a dream of Amazing. a Amazing. So am I allowed to ask you how much this whole wedding cost? You know, you're allowed to ask. I'm a little bit embarrassed to to share. It hit six figures. Wow. I can really see yeah. that. Wow, what a wedding. This wedding was yeah, so phenomenal. You know, so, so I've got a couple of things to say about that. So we got married and spent, well, so I have to say also that my parents gave us a very generous, I think, $25,000. Mm-hmm. And when we realized that that was not going to cover everything we really wanted in a wedding, we paid for the rest ourselves. Wow. Um, and then, of course, um, my in-laws paid for the really lovely um, rehearsal dinner the night before, which I'm sure cost a pretty penny with the bluegrass band and everything too. So it wasn't just us. Um, he and I are consultants and he owned at the time the business that we both worked for and I ended up becoming an owner of it too. So we ended up being partners in the consulting firm. I recently sold my stake in the, in the consulting firm and I've launched a new business. So I am now a startup entrepreneur. Very cool. What is the name of that business? That business is called Celebrate Intellect, and we sell the jerseys, the team jerseys of intellectuals, a team called the Intellectual All-Stars. So if you want to buy the shirt of a scientist or a mathematician or a philosopher, then you can go to celebrateintellect.com, 
and buy those shirts and wear them like you would any other hockey players or NBA players. I had the idea several years ago that uh, we should be celebrating intellectuals, um, scientists and mathematicians and philosophers and entrepreneurs the same way that we do athletes and pop stars. So I've created teams of people within those disciplines who have really shaped our world. So team philosophy, for example, you can buy a t-shirt for Aristotle or Plato or Socrates. In sciences, you can buy the jersey of Copernicus and Galileo and Lisa Meitner. We're also really trying, re trying really hard to elevate the profiles of some women and people of color because most of history and the, um, the changes that we see in the world have been documented in history by being done by white men. So we're, we're trying to elevate the profiles of others and celebrate their intellectual accomplishments to inspire kids to love learning and love being in school. I will definitely post the link to that so people can check it out. I love that. I love highlighting the true warriors, the true heroes of the world, and you are doing that. What a great idea. How did you come up with that? How did you think of that idea? Thank you. It's a great story. My mom is retired now, but my mom and sister are teachers and used to teach together in the same school. So I would sit around at dinner listening to them talk about what was going on at school and really uh, some of the challenges that they were facing with their students. And in a theme kept coming up that um, a couple of kids would say, well, I don't really need to do well in school. I don't need to return my library books because I'm going to make it as an NBA star. And I just thought, hmm, statistically speaking, <laughs> he's very unlikely to make it in the NBA. What he really needs to be doing is working hard in school because that's more likely to propel him to a successful life. So I thought we should be, we should be celebrating People like Sergey Brin, who at the time when I came up with this idea was not a household name. He's one of the co-founders of Google. So the idea was to make it as cool to be an entrepreneur or successful at intellectual and academic pursuits as it is to be successful in sports. Amazing. Tara, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing this absolutely amazing wedding and all of your details. I really feel that a lot of the brides are going to get a lot out of this, a lot of cool ideas, things like the crier. Those things are unusual and those unique things that you can bring to a wedding that people go home and say, wow, they had this, they had that. And you can make these things elaborate. I mean, this was a six-figure wedding that had everything, but you can also take these ideas, make them your own, and make them a little more affordable too. Have a family friend be the crier and have people that you know become involved in your weddings and all things are possible. And if you have any questions, please always feel free to come to me. I'll help you brainstorm making things happen and making your wedding amazing because that's what I do and that's what I love. Tara, thank you so much for your time today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I love this story so much and I wish you all of the best. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. It was great to relive a lot of these fun memories. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you sharing them with us. You're very welcome. Have a great rest of your day. Celebrate Intellect is our sponsor today. Celebrate Intellect is home to the intellectual all-stars, the scientists, mathematicians, philosophers, composers, and writers who have shaped our world with their minds. Fans can purchase their favorite player's team jersey and help inspire the next generation of thinkers. Celebrate Intellect donates a book to a child in need with every purchase. Learn more at CelebrateIntellect.com. Follow them on social media as well. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. 
My name is April Kelly with Wedding Amazing. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it. It really means so much to us. The more subscriptions we get, the more reviews we get, the more people get to see us and the more people know about the show and the more we get to help you. So we really appreciate it so much. And don't forget, if you need anything at all, have any questions, do not hesitate to message me, April Kelly at makeyourweddingamazing.com. I am here to help you. I'm excited to get to know all of you. I will see you on the next podcast. Have an amazing day. My name is April Kelly with Wedding Amazing. on the best day of your life, exceeding expectations. Bandofgoldmusic.com. 